With this broadcast, we're going to begin a brand new series as we look at the scriptures itself. Basically, we're going to see what the Bible says about the Bible, about the scriptures, about itself, and emphasize just how unique thing we have in that which has come to be known the Bible or the scriptures. Now we'll study our topic in four primary areas. The first area is to delineate certain special terms or terminologies. And concerning the holy writings to which we adhere to, there are four major terms. The first term is the most common term, of course, and that is the word Bible. Our English word Bible comes from a Greek word which is biblios, B-I-B-L-I-O-S, and biblios means a roll or a book, a roll or a book. And we find the word biblios used in the Greek text of Luke chapter 4 verse 17, where that particular term was used specifically for the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. So Luke 4.17, the word Biblios, from which the English word Bible comes from, is specifically used of the book of Isaiah in particular. So when we talk about the word Bible, we are emphasizing that the scriptures is a body of work that, could, uh, that originally came in the form of a roll or a scroll, and in more recent times of our human history, in the forms of a book. A second very important and common term is the term scripture. The English word scripture is an English translation of the Greek word graphe. Graphe can be spelled G-R-A-P-H-E-I, graphe, and graphe literally means writings. It's used both of secular writings and sacred writings. But in the Bible in particular, the word is used of sacred books which were regarded as being sacred. Sacred books which were regarded as being uniquely inspired by God. So for example, in Romans chapter 3 verse 2, we find the word graphe used specifically of the Old Testament. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, once again we find the use specifically of the Old Testament. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, the very same word, graphe, or scripture that is used of the Old Testament, is used of Paul's writings. And what we should carefully note here is that Peter, who in Galatians chapter 2 did have a dispute with Paul, in the course of time, began to realize that the writings of Paul were scripture. And the fact that he uses the very same term that, he, that the Jews used of the Old Testament, it shows us that Peter considered the writings of Paul of equal inspiration as the Old Testament itself. So we have the word Bible that emphasizes the concept of a role or a book that this is a written revelation that God has given to us. And then the word scripture, the word graphe, which views these very sacred roles or sacred books 
as being inspired of God. A third terminology is the term, the Word of God. The Word of God, a very common uh, substitute for the word Bible and for the word Scripture nowadays. But in the Bible itself, the expression the Word of God is used of both the Old and New Testaments, emphasizing the revelation of God in written form. For example, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 6, the Word of God is used specifically of the Law of Moses. In John chapter 10, verse 35, the expression the Word of God is used of the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it is used of all Scripture, whether we speak of the Scriptures of the Old Testament or the Scriptures of the New Testament. A fourth term we should become familiar with is the term testament. Not a very common term, not anywhere near as common as the term scripture or the word of God or the Bible, but the word testament basically means covenant. And the word is used basically to distinguish the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in particular, the word is used in dealing with the specific unique covenants of Scripture, but these things we have talked about in previous studies. So these are the four main terms by way of the terminology concerning this holy writing. Number one, it is the Bible. Number two, it is the Scriptures. Number three, it is the Word of God. And number four, it is a testament or a covenant. Now the second part of our study concerning the Bible as the Word of God is to deal with various attitudes which people have had towards the Scriptures. And of the many different attitudes which have been portrayed towards the Scriptures in history in our modern day, we can basically categorize these attitudes to the Bible in six categories. The first category is that of rationalism. And the main point of rationalism is the mind is supreme. The mind is supreme. There are basically two forms of rationalism, extreme rationalism and moderate rationalism. Extreme rationalism denies the possibility of God revealing himself especially through a written document such as the Scriptures. And extreme rationalism is portrayed by people who call themselves atheists or agnostics today. In the early days of American history, extreme rationalism would include the theology of deism, which was the theology of many of our American forefathers. In any rate, Atheism, agnosticism, and deism are all examples of extreme rationalism. A second type of rationalism is that of moderate rationalism. Now, moderate rationalism allows for the possibility of some revelation from God, but they will go on to say that the mind, the human mind, is the final judge of the validity of revelation. And moderate rationalism today can be exemplified 
by modernism or religious liberalism. That is one category of attitude towards the scriptures, and that is the attitude of rationalism, where they teach that the mind is supreme over the scriptures. Now, a second category of full of attitudes towards the scriptures is that which is called mysticism. And the main point of mysticism is that experience is supreme. Experience is supreme. And primarily here we mean a false mysticism. And a false mysticism, experience is the final authority. So if it fits our experience, it is correct and valid, but if it does not fit our experience, it is invalid. And they would claim that normative revelation cannot be received in a normal way. And they would look at the Bible and they might agree that the word, that the Bible is the Word of God, but then they would go on to say that the Word of God is not complete. There is more spiritual and divine truth available to souls which are quickened to receive it. And they would hold to added truths, spiritual truths, beyond the scriptures. And um, this type of false mysticism is exemplified by the theology of pantheism. It was also uh, exemplified by Quakerism. Thomas Aquinas was involved in this type of false mysticism. Now, we should not categorically say that all mysticism is wrong, because there is a form of true mysticism which is affirmed by the book of Jude, verse 3. And true mysticism holds to the illumination of the mind by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. So a false mysticism tells us that the experience is the final verdict for determining what is true and what is false. However, true mysticism means to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures, and a true biblical mystic would hold that the Bible is the final authority, and all of our experiences must be determined it must be judged by scripture and not permit our experience to become the judge of scripture. So, these are two of the six main attitudes towards the scriptures that we have been able to deal with on this broadcast, rationalism and mysticism. There are four others, but we shall have to deal with these on our next broadcast. Till tomorrow, we bid you shalom.